After the Red Sox went to a position player to pitch on Monday, it begs the question, should they move Tanner Houck to the bullpen? You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. It's a late one today, but before we get started, be sure to download the Game Time app and create an account. Use the code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I am your host, Nessens Lauren Willand, and the Red Sox did not start their week on a high note. Their losing streak continued. They lost 10 to 1 to the Seattle Mariners. Not the best way to start a new series. And that's obviously not how you want to start any series. You have, you've you've lost the last three. You just got swept by the Cardinals. You want to bounce back and they just unfortunately couldn't. And Tanner Houck did have some issues the second time through the Mariners order. He wasn't the only problem. The offense did go ice cold. What a time for the offense to just disappear. I think they've been outscored 10 to uh, 19 to two in their last two games. They lost 10 to one on Monday. So just not a good time for this team to just kind of fall off the same page that they seem to be on the last few weeks of the season. So Hulk got the start on Monday and he looked really good to start. He retired the first 11 batters. He looked in control and he looked like he was going to turn in a solid start. And, and as we've seen so many times throughout his career, he just could not find a groove when the second and third time through the order came about. He's always very good in that first time through, but the second time through the opponents start to figure him out and he gets hit around, they score runs. And that's exactly what the Mariners did. So you take a look at Tanner Houck's stats in 2023, the first time through the order, he's pitched 19 and two thirds innings. He has a 0.92 ERA. Then the second time through the order, he's pitched 15 innings. So just a few innings less, but he has a 540 ERA. That's pretty significant. And with now with the bullpen, being even more limited between the Ryan Brazier DFA and the John Schreiber injury, which we'll talk about later on in the show, it makes you question, even though Tanner Houck was not the sole issue of Monday's game, would he be better served in the bullpen? Because if he's dominant, 0.92 ERA for the first time in through the lineup, would he be better off as a a setup guy? We think maybe he could be a closer. I know my husband is big on Tanner Houck could be an elite closer. But that's tough to do right now with Kenley Jansen as your closer. Tanner Houck in the bullpen, I think, makes a lot of sense right now. And people have made the argument that even with those splits, he's still better than Nick Pavetta and Corey Kluber. But Houck's issues don't have anything to do with Pavetta or Kluber. I think it speaks more to the quality of this rotation than it does Houck, Kluber, and Pavetta. But what we do know and what we can confirm is that Houck has been a solid reliever. We've seen him in this role. We've seen him thrive as a reliever. Pavetta was fine in the 2021 postseason, but do you really trust him out of the bullpen when he's giving up runs in the first inning? So would you rather four runs in the first or four runs in the fourth? And I'm saying that as the Red Sox are playing right now and I am recording as the game is going on and Nick Pavetta looks like somebody who's trying to redeem himself. But we could say the same thing about Kluber. We just don't know what he would give you out of the pen where Tanner Houck is more of a sure thing, and there's no guaranteed sure things in baseball and anything, but 
when Hauk has excelled in that role before and you have limited arms in that bullpen that I feel like you can trust. And yes, they are going to get healthier with Cutter Crawford coming back. I feel like I'd rather see Tanner Hauk go to the bullpen when Cutter Crawford comes back, when Garrett Whitlock comes back, then have Caleb Ort back on this team. But Alex Gore does have a lot of decisions to make. And especially now with John Schreiber going on the injured list with the lat issue, he was reliable for you. And now that needs to be replaced until he's ready to come back. And that could be a matter of weeks. He does have, he came out of the game on Monday early. He's kind of flex his arm. And immediately after the game, Alex Cora was like, this is probably going to be an IL stint. And lo and behold, it was, he's dealing with a lat issue. That's really unfortunate for the Sox pen because he was a stable arm for you in that, in that role. And now you're down at an arm after you DFA Brazier, which that's not a make or break for this team. You know, this isn't something like, oh, I can't believe they DFA'd Brazier and now we don't have him. And that's that's not a problem for the Red Sox. It's just now you're down two arms when you thought you'd be down one. But as I mentioned, Cutter Crawford is on his way back from the IL. He should be activated by Friday. Garrett Whitlock is pitching in Worcester on Tuesday. So there's going to be decisions to make. And Cora mentioned pregame Tuesday that he knows he has to make decisions and he wouldn't, I mean, he's not going to come out and say like, oh yeah, after today, Pavetta is going to go to the bullpen. He's not going to come out and say that, but I do think that pretty soon the next few days, we're going to see where these guys are going to end up. Does Kluber get another start? Will Pavetta do enough on Tuesday to keep himself in the rotation? Are they going to look at Tanner Houck and look at those numbers, those splits and be like, okay, we need to use you in a better role. And we need to set you up for more success because you're better used as a reliever than a starter. I don't know. So, but I do think we're going to have those answers fairly soon. But just because I'm saying Tanner Houck to the bullpen over Pavetta or Kluber does not mean I love Pavetta and Kluber in this rotation. There's no denying that they've struggled. There's no denying that they just don't, they're just not doing it for the Red Sox. I just think it's best to utilize players where they're most valuable and I, again, I know that sounds weird saying that with someone like Kluber, who's just struggled all season, but you still, you just don't know what you're going to get from him out of the pen. If he can go, you know, three innings and keep you in the game and then you have Tanner Hout come in for one or two innings. Okay. I think that I would rather that than Tanner Hout just continue to struggle as a starter the second and third time through that lineup. But another storyline from this game, and just it just shows how out of hand this game got, was that the Red Sox decided to go to a position player in the ninth, and that position player was Pablo Reyes, who was just acquired by the Red Sox from the A's for cash considerations. He gave up a run on two hits. He walked two. And at that point in the game, this was the ninth inning, it obviously didn't matter. But after the game, Core called it the, the worst feeling because you don't want someone getting hurt, especially someone who's helping you fill those holes at shortstop and second base. Kike Hernandez was not in the lineup on Tuesday. He's dealing with hamstring tightness, but he is expected back for Wednesday's game. So that's a plus, but you have someone, Pablo Reyes made a fantastic play Monday night, leaping grab at short. And I thought that that was just you, just something that the Red Sox needed at that position. So you certainly don't want him getting hurt. And Cora did say that Reyes took one for the team and that the Red Sox greatly appreciated that. He was throwing like 30 miles an hour, 31, 32 miles an hour. So I'm glad he did not get hurt. And I think that's the last thing the Red Sox would need, especially somebody that they acquired to fill a void. So after Monday, you look at this bullpen, you look at this offense who just went ice cold despite having eight hits. And you think, 
what the heck happened? Because they look like a different team and they had the bases loaded late in the game. They had the opportunity to tie the game and they, they just couldn't do it. And it was really frustrating to watch because I'm like, the game is still in reach here and nothing seemed to be able to get done. So that's, I mean, that's something that, that needs to change going forward. I don't know if, you know, Alex Cora tweaking the lineup night in and night out is affecting that. You have Kike Hernandez also dealing with his hamstring tightness. So he's not in the lineup. You have to kind of tweak the lineup and go from there. I don't really know what's next for this lineup. I hope it's a good turnaround. And I, I say this, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that Nick Pavetta was doing well. And that's because before I got on to record, it was four, nothing. Pavetta had his run support and I just checked the score and it's four, four. Nick Pavetta gave up four earned runs. So I think I'm just going to stop talking about Pavetta and the bullpen and Kluber and just, ride this wave because I was just mentioning how maybe putting Pavetta in the bullpen isn't the right idea and as soon as I'm done saying that boom it's 4-4 so so maybe I can be a reverse jinx here and maybe the Red Sox can put four more runs on the board at least we'll have something to discuss on Wednesday's episode right we're going to be talking about obviously Pavetta's start if Cora says anything after the game but that is an episode for tomorrow we still have another segment here on the Locked On Red Sox podcast We're going to talk about Cal Raleigh because how can you not talk about Cal Raleigh after what he did and the history he made against the Red Sox? But first, I want to tell you about Game Time. Game Time has become my favorite app to use for last minute tickets. It's so seamless. It's so easy. And it's so stress-free. And one of the best parts about this app is they constantly have flash deals. You can get the lowest prices that I have seen on other sites. And you can see a picture of your seat. So you know exactly what the view will like. You'll know if you go to Fenway, if you're near one of those poles in the grandstands, or if you will have a nice, beautiful view of the field. You can never go wrong with bleacher seats. And you can find those all on game time. You can buy tickets to every kind of event too, not just sporting events. If you're trying to get tickets for Taylor Swift this weekend at Gillette Stadium, you can find them on there. If you want to go to a comedy show, improv, anything. Game time has tickets for quite literally anything. Buy tickets in the matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone too. We can do everything on our phones. So you never have to dig through your email and or find the, go through your purse, get out those paper tickets. It's all right there the convenience of your phone. So download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Red Sox and the Mariners could not have had more opposite nights Monday in terms of pretty much everything, but we can't talk about this game without mentioning Cal Raleigh because he became the first catcher to hit a homer from both sides of the plate in Fenway Park's 112 years of existence. So you think about how long that that is and how long the Fenway Park has been, has been alive and been hosting games and never a catcher, never Jason Veritek hit a home run from both sides of the plate. So after the game, Raleigh mentioned Veritek and he grew up idolizing Veritek and it was one of his favorite players. And he said that he was surprised that he never did it. So to be able to do it at Fenway against the Red Sox was was very cool for him. And even though it's, you know, even though it hurt the Red Sox, it was still a cool bit of history to to watch because you don't see that every day. I think Bill Miller was the last person to hit a home run from both sides of the plate for the Red Sox. 
but he obviously was not a catcher. So for a catcher to do this, for a catcher to make history, sure, I would have loved if the Red Sox could have done it. I would have loved if Connor Wong or Reese McGuire could have done it, or even Jason Veritek all those years ago. But it's still a really cool piece of history to talk about. And it's clearly something you don't see every day. And then there's George Kirby, who turned in his seventh consecutive quality start, limited the Red Sox to just one earned run, struck out six over six and two-thirds innings of work, And even though we did give up eight hits, it didn't matter because that one earned run says it all for the Red Sox and what the Mariners pitching was able to do to this offense because they have had a good offense throughout the season and they've just kind of gone cold those last two games. So now what? I don't know. (laughs) I wish I had the answer. I wish I could sit here and say that it's, it's this reason, it's that reason, but it goes back to the same issues that they had last year, right? That you're getting the hits, but you're not capitalizing when runners are in scoring position. You're swinging at the first pitch with the bases loaded, which you absolutely should not do when there's two outs. And it's it's just they're playing bad baseball the last few games. And it's not the last two games in particular, they played bad baseball. And it's not fun to watch because you're just sitting there. I mean, as someone who's watching the game, you're obviously helpless. But with how many questions the Red Sox faced going into this season and kind of almost proving doubters wrong only to do a 180 and be like, just kidding, maybe we're going to play like this. But I had a few I had a few people comment on Tuesday's or on Monday's episode saying how the Red Sox got their hopes up. And at least they have the Celtics, though, who are getting ready for their Eastern Conference final matchup with the Heat that begins Wednesday. Make sure you check out Locked on Celtics because they will have you covered from start to finish the rest of the way. And they're just doing a fantastic job over there. So make sure you check out them. Someone also said it's kind of like when the St. Louis Blues beat the Bruins and that just brought up bad memories from 2019. But, you know, it is May 16th. There is still time for this Red Sox offense to just turn it around and rebound and rattle off eight straight wins. I mean, this team is not far removed from an eight-game win streak. That's what they just need to get back to. I think it's just a matter of getting back to the basics, stop trying to do too much with what you have in front of you and just work on contact to get the ball in play, focus on scoring the runners and just get back to what worked for you because that's, that's what made watching the Red Sox fun the last few weeks, especially when they were in the midst of that eight game win streak. But as I'm recording, it's not looking so good for Pavetta. So maybe, you know, maybe I'll just re-record the episode and be like, maybe we should put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen, but he does not have minor league options, so so going to AAA is not an option. Of course, they could DFA him. They could try to trade him. I don't know what kind of haul you could fetch for Pavetta, if you could even call it a haul. Maybe it's cash considerations. I, I don't know. But the more he struggles, the more you wonder, where does he fit in this rotation? And we'll talk more about this on Wednesday's episode. And who knows what's going to come after the game, what Core is going to say, if there's going to be more talk about Pavetta going to the bullpen, because I think at this point, maybe you use him as an opener, one or two innings, because he was okay. He was okay when the game started. And like I said, I just checked while I was recording and it all just went down, went downhill and made me look like a fool. But that's, that's the beauty of podcasting. That's showbiz, baby. But we have one more segment in this Locked On Red Sox podcast. As always, we're going to end the show on the Mental Health Minute. So you know that my time at Nesson is coming to an end. My final day is Wednesday, and it's becoming very real to me. You know, today I said goodbye to some of my coworkers that I've worked with for five years, some that I've worked with for only a year or two, but we've had 
so much fun covering Boston sports for their, their tenure at Nesson. So I'm, I mentioned in Monday's episode that I'm, I'm leaving the comfort of a job that I've known for five years and I'm going into a job where I do know the people I've been connected with the people for a few years, but it's still a scary to make a jump. It's scary to, to make any sort of move after you've been somewhere for so long. But even though it's starting to feel real that my time at Nesson is coming to an end, it's also starting to feel real that my time at Mass Live is just around the corner. And I'm so excited for this, this new step and this new adventure. And it's just a, your daily reminder to don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to bet on yourself. Because sometimes betting on yourself is going to be the best thing to ever happen to you. And I'm really excited to see where this takes me. And I'm so excited to just to get started and hit the ground running. So just get out of that comfort zone. It can be scary, but we're brave. You're brave. If I can do it, you can do it. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Red Sox right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts is where you can find us every day or tomorrow. We will be back. We'll be talking about this Red Sox game. We'll be talking about Nick Pavetta. Maybe he's going to be the reason Tanner Houck stays in the rotation. Who knows what the Red Sox can do? I think a number of fans feel the same way about Pavetta and what they want them to do, but time will tell. And I think time is ticking for Nick Pavetta in a Red Sox uniform. My mind has changed. It's amazing what can happen in a span of 20 minutes when you're just recording a podcast, but we will be back tomorrow. Make sure you check out all the other shows across the Lockdown Network. Locked on Yankees, Locked on Astros. Everyone does such a great job here bringing you baseball content Monday through Friday. Don't forget to check out Locked on Mariners because they're having a lot of fun. I'll be back tomorrow. We will be talking about this game. We can air our grievances. We can talk about what's next for, for Pavetta. We can talk about what's next for this bullpen, for this offense. But there's still time for the Red Sox to win this game. There's still time for the Red Sox to turn it around. It's only May, but it's getting later in the season to the point where we're going to find out all teams identities pretty soon but until then we'll end the show how we always do keep the faith and let's go red Sox.